So folks, you might be wondering what is Industry 4.0 and it dates back to 1800s where industrial revolution actually started with the steam engines coming into picture and making the life of the humans easy. And then Industry 2.0 came into picture, which further made life more and more easy because of electricity. And electricity has led to creation of division of labor as well as mass production. And if you talk about 3.0, it's more about the IT systems, which are automating the production lines further. And have you heard about Industry 4.0? In case if you haven't heard about Industry 4.0, let's dive deep into it. Hello. Hi there. Welcome to the Guiding Voice podcast series. The Guiding Voice for a better future. This podcast is to help professional students, IT employees and entrepreneurs to shape their careers. Dear listeners, in every episode, we interact with industry experts or leaders or academicians or coaches across the globe to drive some insightful conversations that will help each one of you learn wonderful things. Also, we share an interesting trivia or a fun fact around the IT world or technology towards the end. Thank you for tuning in. This is Naveen Samala and I'm with my co-host Sudhakar Nagalla. So folks, as mentioned, today we are going to discuss a very, very important and interesting topic, Industry 4.0, Digital Smart Manufacturing. And we are pleased to welcome Sam to our show. Sam Vadaikar is a techno sales passionate leader, leading the digital smart manufacturing vertical at Tata Technologies Europe, managing the Europe and North American geographies. He is based out of Warwick, UK, in the city of the Royal Limington Spa. He's an entrepreneur, executive advisor with passion in building connected products, services, and businesses in the field of manufacturing. An engineer by training, a global strategist by vocation, and a marketer at heart. Multidisciplinary and multicultural background, pioneering the niche but very disruptive domain of digital smart manufacturing. Leveraging Industry 4.0 using the new age technologies built over the robust ISA 95 stack. Sam is typical clientele would be customers from the automotive or manufacturing domain, implementing smart manufacturing for their manufacturing plants with a geographical footprint and interested in standardization across the enterprise and optimize production and ultimately, of course, saving the cost. Sam, thanks for taking your time. We really appreciate it. Welcome to our show. Thank you. Thank you guys for having me on your show. Pleasure talking to Naveen, you and Sudhakar. And uh, I like what you guys are doing and uh, very excited to be a part of this uh, journey with you guys. Thanks. Pleasure is all ours, Sam. Can we get started? Yes, please. Excellent. So, Sam, you know, we know about your multidisciplinary, multi-hats that you wear over the period of the last 20-21 years. So, can we talk about your uh, career journey? You know, you have been associated with some real big brands, right? You know, Stellantis, Bentler, John Deere, Jaguar, Land Rover, and Tata Motors. And that too, across geographies. That is true. So, yeah, so a little bit of myself, uh, as I said, with 22 years of experience, but with a very specific niche of being 10 years into hardcore manufacturing, uh, most probably uh, in the field of domain of automotive, and then 10 years in uh, implementing IT solutions into manufacturing. So this kind of is a unique combination, if I say so. So it did start off as an entrepreneur uh, in a family-owned company of mine back in 1998 after graduating. 
and then moved to the masters for my masters in the US uh, to um, you know state university state of michigan oakland campus in michigan and then while uh, at my masters uh, i did work with the bentler automotive a german company uh, for a couple of years doing uh, automotive product launches for hot stamp technology for uh, gm ford prosa Chrysler, you know, the big threes and other companies there. And then was, I uh, had the good fortune of working with Chrysler. At that time, it was Daimler Chrysler. Then it was Chrysler Corporation and then it was Fiat Chrysler. And now it is Stellantis. So I did work there in a very niche group called Dimensional Engineering. And I was on the Global Supplier Quality Engineer for the JS49 program. Then I did move from uh, Chrysler to John Deere, another big company and another different domain, which is non-automotive. And I was a Global Supplier Quality Engineer on a diverse program, International One, which was with South Africa and London. And uh, we were we had a product mix, which was launched articulated dump trucks by Bell uh, South Africa into the US and then there was Loaders which was a John Deere product launched into South Africa under the name Bell. So did have a good experience with global teams working uh, you know across geographies and then uh, back in 2010 I had the opportunity of going back and uh, kind of exploring options in India in my hometown and that is where uh, I'm a second generation Tata Motors so did get an opportunity to work with Tata Technologies for leading their Tata Motors Lucknow plant and then did the Lucknow plant, the Pune plant, which is the car plant, Indiga plant, and then the most complex of all plants, the Tata Motors CVBU plant, where I was the face of IT, the plant CIO kind of role, uh, managing infrastructure and application development. And then moved back uh, to the UK in 2016 to grow Tata Technologies value proposition in uh, Europe and North America. But at that time is when this buzz of Industry 4.0 was picking up and that is what I kind of picked up. And that's what I do for a living right now. I'm very passionate about this area because I've seen the company inside out. And with Digital Industry 4.0, it's the most happening field in terms of uh, digitalization and a big agenda on the CXO table. So that's a little bit about me. Wow, that is an illustrious experience that you touched upon there with the right mix of uh, technology orientation and also about uh, half of the time on the manufacturing side. So you have been on the both sides of the table. So Sam, in the introduction, Naveen briefly touched upon the evolution of industrial 1.0 that, uh, you know, the steam engine started after the 2.0, 3.0 to current 4.0. So can you please explain uh, a bit about this evolution and also what this industry 4.0 is more about? What are the advantages? So uh, why question appears to be simplistic, if we could talk about this for hours together and days together. So to put it in perspective, Industry 4 and the topic of our uh, podcast, Industry 4 Digital Smart Manufacturing. So there are two distinct domains. Industry 4 is not is all about strategy. It's not about technology. Okay, to put it in perspective. And digital smart manufacturing is enabling technology to implement Industry 4.0. So Industry 4.0 is basically driven by business outcomes. And to put it in perspective of the evolution part, so way back in 1784, you had the steam engine by Watt, right, in, in the UK, right? That is when your mechanization started as the first revolution. Then came kind of electrification in 1913 kind of time where you have the second revolution, which is called electrical energy. Then comes the digitalization, which is the third you know, revolution, which is fossils energy. And then comes cyber physical systems, which is what we are talking about, the fourth industrial revolution, 
which is sustainable energy. So while 1784 to the third revolution, you can say is pretty much linear innovation, anything after 2013, where you get the industry four cyber physical systems is exponential innovation. And I'll get to that if we have the time. But you know, if you look at digital as a word, there is a lot in the digital world where you have Uber as the largest taxi company, Skype as the largest phone company, but no, it does not own any teleco infrastructure. You know, you have Alibaba as the most valuable retailer, but has no inventory. On that end, Netflix, the largest movie house with no cinema. So that's digital. But my topic is Industry 4.0, which is specific to production, optimizing production, reducing costs, and making more profits for the automotive slash manufacturing companies uh, who are on this uh, curve of getting more smart. Right. So I think so. That 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 is succinctly put uh, on what the evolution of one to four is and where we are right now. That's great summary, Sam. And you mentioned about manufacturing has become smart or smarter, I would say. And how do you think this smart manufacturing is going to help businesses? So yeah, so that's the million-dollar question, right? So just to put it in perspective, if you look at the journey on which uh, manufacturers globally are, right, uh, be it automotive or non-automotive, aerospace, whatever, anybody who has a manufacturing plant is is the customer in in focus, right? So today, since the Internet of Things, like right, it is the connected enterprise, and if you have have things connected then you can have data generated and if you have data generated then you would have insights into that data and if you have insights into that data guess what you can make better decisions so on this journey of smart manufacturing pretty much everything is disconnected on an isa 95 stack or you know uh, which is level one level two level three and level four with that with smart manufacturing on a scale of one to ten the companies are pretty much on a two or a three and the people and the companies which are uh, you know very much ahead of this curve are pretty much germans and france and germany and then you have the other companies which are falling suit with uk and you know us kind of falling behind uh, so you know uh, smart manufacturing is to uh, making uh, getting more bang for the buck if i can say so and that is by building a connected enterprise using digital technology Wonderful. I think this is uh, going to revolutionize the way manufacturing is going to happen and it will lead to significant cost reduction from the company's perspective and which ultimately will pass on to the customers as well, hopefully, right? Absolutely. End of the day, anything and everything that you do in technology has to benefit the end customer. Absolutely. So we did some programs where you a common life cycle to build a car, design a car and then launch it is pretty much 36 months. Now we are using a lot of digital technology, smart manufacturing. You know, I would like to get into the whole life cycle of what I'm ta- trying to talk about smart manufacturing. It starts with design, ELM, MES, ERP, and then manufacturing. But for the paucity of time, uh, we could reduce the product life cycle time for one of the biggest uh, manufacturers to 22 months. So we have saved 14 months. Yeah. We saved a lot of cost. We saved a lot of time. But the, the customer that's going to benefit is going to bring the product to market faster than anybody else. So guess what? He's going to capture more market, right? So yeah. everything and anything that you do in technology cannot be by itself. It has to benefit the end user, the end customer, right? So that's that's the benefit of technology. Very well put through. And Sam, this Industry 4.0, it is also called as Industrial IoT, right? So yeah. an Industrial Internet of Things. And how is this IoT, okay, yeah. helping the Industry 4.0? And what is sure. this? It's better if I give you an analogy, which is easy to understand. Because technology in which ways is difficult to grasp less better understood typical to understand right? <laughs> so if you look at your house right back in the days uh, you know growing up 
uh, we did have a house, we did have a television, we did have a fridge, we had TV, micro, everything, right? And now uh, we have broadband coming into our lives, right? So everything is connected. So we do digital calls, we do WhatsApp calls, we do, uh, you know, portal Facebook, we have apps for everything. So what has happened is we really don't need to be in the house to do, do what we need to do in the house. You have the ring doorbell connected to the net and that is where you can check on, you know, if you're, if you're in the office, Somebody's visiting your house, you can know who's come at your off at the door. You can give them access, they can keep stuff, they can leave, right? So coming to the point in the analogy, since everything is connected, similarly in the manufacturing world also, there were mechanical machines on a manufacturing shop floor, and those used to do the production of components or the cars or the product, right? But these these were done in silos and it would not be connected with the enterprise. So when I say connected with the enterprise, I will introduce another technological term called ERP. So most of the ERP is basically is where your orders are generated and they are fed down through to the manufacturing shop floor. And again, there's another technology called manufacturing execution systems, which accepts that order, plans the production for the day. And through NES, we understand what product we are going to build, how much we're going to build and what you know production tag times and all that kind of stuff and once that is done we book those orders again in sap so the loop goes downstream and upstream from you know erp to mes and from mes to erp where order booking is done and then it's connected to the crm side of things where you kind of start shipping your products to dealers and all that kind of network so internet of things enables this connectivity of a product across business processes to leverage the outcome of building better products, quicker products, and delivering ahead of time. That visibility that you can get into a manufacturing enterprise for a company that might have one plant, or let's go with small to big, it might have one manufacturing line, it might have hundred uh, 10 manufacturing lines in a plant, it might have multiple plants with multiple manufacturing lines. And if you wanted to standardize all those manufacturing lines across the globe, across one parameter, say, for example, which is the biggest one that is taken now is overall equipment efficiency that measures the productivity of a line in a plant across country, across geography. Then you need everything to be connected to make a decision. And that is what Internet of Things enables with sensors where machines are enabled with sensors and data translation happens from subsystems between each other to understand, uh, you know, business process imperatives to take decision. I know it's a little bit less easier to understand, but in context, uh, you know, that is what it is, a connected enterprise to make good decisions. Wow. Amazing, Sam. So you talked about enterprise resource planning, ERP, MES, supply chain management, SEM, Internet of Things, IoT, edge computing, and thereby, you know, taking care of overall equipment efficiency. Thank you. So Sam, for Industry 4.0, you know, these many subsystems are working together in collaboration to make it work. So that itself is mouthful and too many things. So what after industry 4.0? Is there a 5.0 and 6.0 waiting for us already? Uh, What's your guess? Should be. Like Naveen said, something in 17, 84, 89, wherever we started that steam engine 1.0 to current 2021 4.0, there should be something in pipeline for industry 5.0 and industry 6.0. Something similar to 5G and 6G, right? So I should I should have uh, talked about a dedication. So Henrik von Schiel, who is uh, kind of the guru and the founder of uh, and the person who has coined this term Industry 4.0, right? And I, I've been talking to him off and on for a long time. So he says the fourth industrial revolution alters every aspect of our lives, our economy, how we live, consume, work, and relate to one another, right? 
unlike anything human kind has experienced before so actually it is not what after x industry 4 what's next it is basically going to be meaning as industry x.0 with exponential innovation right and i'll just touch upon a little bit not too much again because this topic is very very big but the first wave typically is 2009 to 2016 where you have digitalized in, in the current time right digitalization advanced analytics cloud computing this that and the other then the second wave is 2016 2025 with artificial intelligence taking precedence autonomous systems blockchain smart automation 6g communication stuff like that and the third wave is kind of where your question comes from is 2025 and 2025 will see you know quantum technology cyber security neurotechnology nanotechnology bioinformatics advanced material and god let me tell you if if we still live that time we will be blessed because we're going to see so much of disruption that even we cannot fathom to even understand what's going on so my niche is smart manufacturing but this is what it is on a canvas right digital disruption is going to be crazy so i don't know if you you understand what i'm trying to say but after industry 4 is going to be industry x.0 is my take on it so things are going to be further more crazier than where we are is what i got it from this whole conversation <laughs> it is it is it is it's going to be difficult to fathom and even have a hang or a handle on what disruption is going on in which part of the world purely because of the internet right so absolutely and future seems to be very very exciting and real look forward <laughs> maybe how things are going to shape up in next 10 to 15 years so very excited yeah. about <laughs> my thing is the utopian world where robots should do all the work that needs to be done and people should not work and government should because any which is you're going to make products using robots and cobots and all these kind of good stuff people don't need to work and governments can actually give us a free check every month just to enjoy our lives <laughs> and make us further lazy yeah you would say lazy you would explore you might want to pursue mountaineering you want to do skydiving you want to go deep sea dive whatever right there is we are held back to pursue our hobbies because we need to earn a living right mm-hmm. not to say that we don't do that we have vacations but that and this is a fact with with switzerland they are always excess in their incomes versus spends and uh, they go back to the people of the country and they ask them what do you do with the extra money we have so the people of switzerland say that you don't give it back to us they were ready to give back everybody some amount but they say no you invest in new technology so i think so technology should be looked in a positive view that it can actually make everybody self sufficient in terms of what we need to uh, you know to for our lives but at the same time you don't need to work right farmers used to plow fields and produce food grain do you know, need that if you have drones and uh, robots doing it now right but still you can benefit from food grains you don't need to work so you can do 10 things more you can do more research instead of 10% research 90% implementation you might go the other way around you can do 90% research because everything else automated is taken care by robots right so i see technology as a boon not not as a you know this thing So that's my take but no, absolutely like this is a wonderful perspective and uh, looking at and i really came across this switzerland stuff for the first time so thanks for sharing that uh, as well <laughs> and and sam this conversation has been fabulous so far and let's uh, try to spice it up further with uh, a quick rapid fire round are you ready for a always on always <laughs> on get it on <laughs> bring it on <laughs> wonderful <laughs> wonderful so let's get started with the first bullet from the rapid fire what are your pet peeves the pet peeves uh, you know if i want to say i i should be able to distance myself from the uh, the pet peeves but putting it in perspective for an answer 
dishonesty and not being realistic and people with prejudices dishonesty big on very big on my chart i really get turned off with dishonesty and people who are dishonest fair enough yeah moving on to the next one what is your favorite failure see this word is interesting right it has a negative connotation and um, when you brought this question up it kind of struck me why would you call it failure right because there is a personal loss in it in some way but if you call it learnings it is more positive right so i have learned through all my failures Uh, you know and uh, each failure is a beautiful failure because if you don't have a failure you would never not know what success is right so and you will not enjoy you will not enjoy absolutely <laughs> and you get the best only when you are you are put against uh, in a, in a tough situation right that is where you actually start thinking right so i think so learnings is a better word but yeah all failures have been great wonderful yeah here comes a very apt question for a industry 4.0 expert <laughs> what what according to you was the best invention in the last 50 years you know uh, you guys also are from the it domain right so you should <laughs> change it to what what is the best innovation in the last 5 years that should be where you should guys you know right <laughs> 50 years is like long period right <laughs> <laughs> the last last 5 days what was the best invention but it jokes apart uh, i think so hands down internet for me because it has absolutely transformed and changed our lives inside out and uh, you know everything and anything that we are doing today also is, is because of internet right and that for me is uh, the best invention possibly that i can put my finger on i i concur with you and the other day i was going through an article about uh, how this internet was created and they never imagined that it would last for this long okay yes. and uh, however there has been a lot of revolution and it's actually changing the face of uh, everything right yeah it's the spine of everything that we are doing right now right so that was not there i don't think so the facebooks would be there you know the electric cars everything is everything is based on the net right broadband firewall everything so we would not have this conversation <laughs> you would have missed out on a fantastic person to be viewed on this planet earth <laughs> absolute very true very true so another interesting question sam imagine like if you could build a product okay with unlimited funding and no resource constraints etc right yeah. what would it be see i i have education very close to my heart right mm-hmm. so i think if you are talking about unlimited funding the best one would be uh, education an online platform everything is online because i am associated with one of the companies uh, one of the non profit in india and it's run by a lawyer haryom jindal and i don't mind taking his name because he's a lawyer by profession but he's built 13 slum schools on his own and actually taking people out of slums kids out of slums so that they don't do, they don't go a street begging and they don't go a street doing stuff which you know you should not be doing at that age and he brings them into a jhoki jhopdi that we call it in hindi right a small slum school and he educates them so i think so if you give them access to free education well that is what one needs once you know you know teach a person to give a person a fish and he'll eat for a day and teach him to fish and he'll eat for a lifetime right so i think so if you give access to education they will learn and once they learn they have a mind of their own they will know how to get a living so i think so that would be the best possible you know project that i would like to run it should be scalable globally so not a single person or not a single child who does not have access to education should have one as simple as that you know and it will change life for sure i i completely echo with your statement teach a man how to fish because yeah. that that makes them self sustain and they can move on they can be independent wonderful wonderful so here comes my last question for the rapid fire and uh, the the question is have you ever saved money to buy something you wanted and what was it that is very very much of a capitalist type of question right <laughs> have you saved money for yourself well that is not really what life is all about yeah. it has to be you know i am a gemini with number 8 so i am extreme and i say that because i realized that about myself uh, in in my journey of self realization right so 
been there done that with a lot of money but now it is the other way around where i think so uh, i don't need to spend uh, i don't need anything for myself but it is more about uh, transcending inwards and not outwards and when you transcend inwards it's more about uh, the sanatan dharma that we talk of ekam satya right so the basic principle of life is uh, satchit ananda right that that really does not gel with the question that you asked me so i don't have anything to say it's all about all our my journey to explore my inner uh, you know happiness and and live a happy happy life that's that's pretty much it i think a lot of uh, stuff that you spoke is connecting with me in some way or the other right recently i've gone through this 21 days abundance pose with deepak chopra and i came across his sachit anand and it was it was very fabulous mind blowing and deepak chopra is a nice soul Uh, but he packages it for the west yeah. but uh, but who what is the origin of sanatan dharma i don't need to tell yeah, you absolutely we need to go back to our roots Great. and there is abundance for us to gain there we don't need something else but the only thing is sanskrit uh, is the language of the gods and we don't speak that language today which is our own satchit ananda is a sanskrit word Yeah, Tatvamasi is a Sanskrit word, and Tatvamasi is about consciousness. So that's a long topic. We'll have to do another uh, guiding uh, voice with me for that. <laughs> yeah, good, <laughs> great, uh, rapid fire so far, and thanks for being so sportive. And yeah. over to you, Sudhakar. Excellent. After that amazing rapid fire, uh, one final question for this session, Sam. Yeah. I'm sure you have more than one, but what is one piece of advice that you want to give to those aspiring to make big in their careers? Definitely, like you said, need not be materialistic. but from overall life enjoyment perspective who are, who am i to advise but i can only suggest and put put things in perspective and then it's for them to pick and choose but i think so making it big in life should never be the goal it should be an outcome right and uh, for because when i look at myself today i'm a 45 if i look at when i was 22 and then put it in perspective i think so there has to be uh, an understanding of what you are good at and if you are good at you need to ha- work hard at it and irrespective of whatever you like because everybody is blessed with one innate quality which they are good at not everybody is an engineer or a doctor or you know a sportsman but they are blessed with something unique if they find that uniqueness in them and then build over it you know their their any which way is going to be the best at what they do in time to come and that is becoming you know that is the outcome of become making it big nobody starts with an intention i'm going to make it big today or someday right so i think so whatever they do they should be very passionate about what they do and uh, one thing which i would like to add is add a quality of empathy and humility in all that you do and how you you know uh, interact with people around you because that will uh, the day you make it big successfully you will not be only successful but you will be happy also and that will make you feel complete if you add empathy so that's that's my two cents uh, not somebody to advise anybody but that's that's what I, my view is excellent sam this has been a phenomenal discussion loved every bit of it thank you so much for joining us today it was indeed great experience to talk to you about industry 4.0 digital smart manufacturing but life at large i will leave with that one thing that you said identify and accept your uniqueness and build on it thank you so much sam it was our pleasure sudhakar and navin it was destiny that our roads would cross paths and through this also if you look at the unspoken truth there will be many people who might benefit from this they might get some ideas they might get some motivation some inspiration you really never know why we do this and why you are doing it or why i'm doing it right we've not known people for a long time but there is always a hidden answer in everything and that's for people who are searching for it so thank you so much it has been fantastic as i said passionate about industry 4 by choice i picked it up i'm not a techie i'm more on the sales side but i love this field and it was a pleasure talking to you guys and wish you all the success in all your tgv podcasts now and future 
thanks a lot thanks again sam it was a super conversation i would say and it was <laughs> absolutely great pleasure hosting you my pleasure mate and folks if you have liked this episode share with at least three of your friends or colleagues for whom you care for because the guiding voice podcast series is a purely not for profit venture and our team puts in a lot of effort to bring the best conversations to all our listeners and our purpose is very clear we want to provide curated guidance to all the professional students out there be it from engineering b schools and all the it employees and entrepreneurs so that all of you can make informed decisions based on the insights that are driven by the industry experts coaches leaders or academicians across the globe because if you share this with your friends it helps them also learn great insights from every episode or if you are listening to the guiding voice podcast on the apple podcast please do not forget to leave a review and a five star rating because every rating will help us expand our reach and contribute to our mission to shape the careers and lives of millions of people across the globe and if you are watching the episode on youtube please do not forget to hit the like button and subscribe to our channel and last but not the least i want to reiterate please share with at least three of your friends or colleagues thank you so much in advance all right so it brings us to the trivia segment of today's episode and today's trivia is about computer virus so folks do you know what was the first ever computer virus i know you might be thinking but let me reveal the answer as per the ritual creeper Okay, which was written by Bob Thomas in 1971 is the first ever computer virus. Interesting, isn't it? Thank you for listening. There is more in store, folks. Stay tuned. Take care. Be safe. Until next time. Bye bye. And we are signing off for today. See you all in the next episode.